We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Salute to Knicks Nation. CP from Knicks Van TV here. And today's podcast is brought to you by Scotch Porter men's grooming products as you guys know this is the grooming products that i use for my beard i particularly use their premium beard wash conditioner balm and serum and i just love how it makes my beard feel man it it feels soft it's shiny it's smooth smells great and most importantly they use all natural products and for all Knicks Fan TV, the podcast listeners, you can get free shipping on all orders on $50 or more. And also, they always have sales on their beard collections, so definitely check it out. You're going to want to go to www.scotchporter.com slash hashtag KFTV. That's scotchporter.com slash hashtag KFTV. Peace. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Knicks all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. All right, here we go. Happy Monday night, Knicks. Salute to Knicks Nation out there. CP from Knicks Fan TV. If you're a diehard Knicks fan, if you're a diehard basketball fan, hit that subscribe button below and the notification bell so you don't miss anything. This is another episode of our NBA Draft Preview. In this series, we are highlighting some of the top prospects in the NBA Draft, covering their strengths, their weaknesses, how they fit in with the Knicks, and so on and so forth, as we prepare for the lottery and ultimately the draft. So tonight's guest... I have on with me, he goes by the name of Trevor Magnotti. He writes for The Step Back, and he also covers the Cleveland Cavaliers for Fan Sighted. And on tonight's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about Tyrese Halliburton, man. This is a guy that a lot of you fans out there are uh, very high on in terms of his prospects of coming to the Knicks. So, um, Trevor, how you doing tonight, man? Doing good. Thanks for having me on. 
Yeah, good, good, man. Like I said, thanks, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on and, and joining the show. Um, so Ty, Tyrese Halliburton, man, talk talk to me a little bit about Halliburton. What, what is it that? Let, let's start with the strengths. So what, what is it that you like about Halliburton um, and and his prospects for the NBA? Well, I think the big draw to Halliburton is the combination of his size and his passing ability. He is probably the best passer in the draft. Um, especially in the half-court setting. Um, Nico Mannion's a, a little bit better than him in transition. There are a couple other guys who are kind of comparable there. But in the half-court, out of the pick-and-roll, he is probably the best passer in the draft. And, you know, he's a solid 6'5", a little bit of a light frame, um, but a guy who I think projects to be able to play a little bit of two-guard as well and I think is going to have some usefulness on a team where he can maybe be a secondary ball handler and he can kind of play off of another primary creator. And I think he's going to be a really good option as kind of the primary distributor in an offense where he can kind of rely on maybe a high, higher volume score to be able to carry most of the load and be kind of the engine of the offense, so to speak. He's a guy who's going to keep your offense flowing when that guy's on the bench. And then when, uh, when your primary guy is on the floor, he's going to help facilitate open looks and kind of feed off of the gravity that that type of guy is going to have. Um, he's also a pretty good defensive prospect, especially from a team defense perspective. And I think that that combination of things leads to the belief that he's going to be a nice kind of glue guy for whatever team he ends up on. He's not going to be a guy who you can consider like a star level talent, but he's the type of guy who helps kind of hold everything together and helps turn star talent into winning basketball games uh, through kind of his deployment and kind of making everything happen. So, yeah, so you see him as sort of a guy that kind of will kind of play in sort of a two-guard lineup, not necessarily your primary floor general, but a guy that teams kind of like how the Cavaliers use Sexton and Garland, you kind of see Halliburton fitting in, in in that role, more of an off-ball guard. Yeah, I definitely see him in kind of the George Hill mold or the Lonzo Ball mold where, you know, I think I think he's a guy who, if he is the one that you're asking to dictate things on offense, those lineups are going to struggle a little bit, but he will bring the ball up, uh, up the floor, kind of initiate that first action that gets uh, gets the ball into your star's hands, um, and then can kind of feed off of whatever develops after that. Um, George Hill, I think, is the best example of kind of that type of player being utilized optimally in Milwaukee because, I mean, he's never being asked to bring the ball up with yeah. Bledsoe and Middleton and Giannis on the floor, but he's still playing the nominal point guard role, kind of making everything flow a little bit easier on Milwaukee's bench lineup. So I see Halliburton having the same type of future. Uh, conversely, what do you think he, he needs to work on in, in order to kind of maximize his potential at the next level? I think there are a couple big things that he's going to have to address. One is the pick and roll defense. I think that he is a solid off ball defender, but when you ask him to defend on ball at the point of attack, especially in the pick and roll, his footwork isn't very good. His positioning isn't very good. And he doesn't seem to make the same type of reads that he's able to make off ball. He doesn't diagnose plays as they develop as well as you would like. And I think that that's going to be a limiting factor for him early on, especially because he's going to be, 
you know, asked to play a lot of point guard and defend a lot of the point guard position. I think that's coachable. Um, I don't see that as a huge issue, but I think that that's going to be an area where he's going to have to improve right away um, to be providing positive minutes off the bat. Offensively, I think there are a couple big issues that that kind of hold me back from putting him as like a true like top five talent in this class one is the is the pull-up jumper he doesn't really have a good shooting for uh foundation outside of standstill catch and shoot which is one of the things that he's very good at and makes him that good off-ball player but he isn't really a great shooter off of the pick and roll um rising up in like the mid range. And then he doesn't really have a pull up three point shot. That's really viable right now either. And that kind of is going to limit him from being that type of engine guy on offense that you can drive your offense behind. And then also I think that his frame is going to limit him a little bit in terms of how useful, how versatile he's going to be. I don't know that he's going to be the greatest finisher at the NBA level. And I also don't know that he's going to really be able to defend up positions like if he gets switched on to a small forward he's probably going to be a guy that gets bullied just because he is so thin at about 175 pounds so adding strength i think is going to be big for him any improvement that they can get or whatever team drafts him can get out of his jumper is going to be huge and then um defensively just at the point of attack getting more sound fundamentally in terms of positioning and the angles he takes defending and pick and roll uh, that's interesting. And and how about the, you know, the free throw attempts were kind of low. I mean, only, only two attempts per game. Um, what did you think about that just in terms of his aggressiveness out there and, and being really, you know, that dynamic guard? Yeah, I think that speaks to one of the things that I actually like about Halliburton is he's a guy who understands his strengths and weaknesses. He has a very interesting profile. You know, he's not a guy who is prototypical size and, and skill talent. Um, you know, he, he's a guy who, you know, is a good finisher, but is not a great driver. He's a guy who's a good spot up shooter, but isn't really a good pull up shooter, um, which normally point guards are the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. They us- they're usually more comfortable shooting off the dribble, less comfortable shooting from a standstill. Um, so I think that he does a really good job of kind of realizing where he's good. You look at his shot attempts and he's not taking a ton of attempts at the rim that are coming off of the pick and roll. Instead, most of those are coming off of baseline cuts mm-hmm. and areas where he's going to be more at an advantage to be able to capitalize on the defense by getting an open look. And he really only takes those shots when it's open. Um, same thing with him in the mid range and uh, with his three point attempts, those are almost all spot ups. Um, so I think in terms of the free throw uh, aspect of things, I think it points more to that limitation that he has in terms of being kind of an engine on offense. And I think he's probably going to be a guy that, is going to be a low free throw attempt generator, even though he's running a lot of pick and roll, which is kind of counterintuitive. But I think he's still going to be able to make that work because of how well he he passes out of the pick and roll and because of how good he is as a finisher. I think he's going to be able to build the confidence to be able to be a good finisher out of the pick and roll eventually. He just may not be a guy who's going to be giving you, you know, the same type of like four, five, six free throw attempts a game that you would expect from like a typical number one option point guard. 
Uh, that's interesting stuff, man. And we're talking to Trevor Magnati of the Step Back and also for Fan Sided. Talking Tyrese Halliburton. Salute to Knicks Nation out there. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. And definitely subscribe to the channel. Uh, you know, Trevor, we drafted RJ Barrett with the number three pick uh, this this past draft. And, and he's been having a pretty solid rookie season. I think going forward... Uh, from a Knicks standpoint, obviously we we are we are in desperate need of a point guard right now, somebody that can really um, take the reins and and help take this team to to another level. I think the the thing that is um, interesting is is how that particular prospect may fit with R.J. Barrett. Uh, we've seen this season that kind of R.J.'s strengths is, is when he has the ball in his hands and, and he's been kind of handling, you know, those playmaking duties. So I'm almost wondering if a guy like a Halliburton uh, being more of a low usage guy is is a better fit with an R.J. compared to some of the other point guards in this draft. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, de I definitely like that. I think in terms of the point guard options for the Knicks, it, it's Halliburton and Tyrese Maxey are the two guys that I, that I really like, and Killian Hayes, Hayes as well. Although I don't, I kind of think of him more as kind of like a true combo guard um, rather than like a typical um, typical point guard. Um, I think that Halliburton would be a good fit because of some of the stuff that we've already talked about. I think the fact that he knows his limitations and he knows how to put himself in ideal situations to make the use of his talents really fits well next to RJ, who is a really good driver, who is a good scorer with the ball in his hands, but doesn't necessarily have have the ideal vision that you want from like a primary creator in terms of being able to distribute. So mm -hmm. I think having Halliburton on hand to kind of help keep everybody else happy um, when he, when he gets the ball, he can be an outlet um, off, off the catch on the perimeter for Barrett uh, for driving kick stuff. And then he can kind of keep the offense running. And when, you know, teams are stunning towards Barrett to try to deny him the lane, he can be a guy who can kind of capitalize off of that extra space and be able to create opportunities for the rest of the team, you know, be able to create lob opportunities for Mitchell Robinson, be able to create um, corner open looks for guys like Dan uh, Dotson and Knox. Um, so I think there are definitely pros to having those two guys together because, you know, it's, it's always kind of like an opposite to track thing. You need yeah. a guy or you've got a guy that maybe doesn't have the playmaking chops that you would want out of a number one option. See, but is a really, really good score with the ball. And then you put him next to a guy who has all of the playmaking tools in the world, but may not be able to go get, you know, 15 points for himself on a given night. I, th I think that that could end up working out really well. And it, it could end up being a really nice marriage. And I, that's why I like that as well as having Halbert on the defensive end. I mean, yeah. very, has his pros on the defensive end, but he's not going to be a guy who you can really build your defense around, um, particularly from a team defense perspective. And having Halliburton to be able to kind of guard off ball on the team's primary wing can help save Barrett a little bit as well. True story, man. And, and perimeter defense is, is certainly an area that uh, that the Knicks are lacking. Um, you had mentioned in, an, in it, written in an article um, a couple of days ago that, you know, this was a very highly touted point guard draft in the beginning of the season. You have Cole Anthony, you have LaMelo Bull, you have Halliburton, Maxi, you have Killian Hayes and so on. Uh, but you've kind of seems like you kind of soured on, on this crop a little bit, man. Um, to, can you expound on that a little bit? What, what's your take on the 
overall um, crop of point guards in this in this year's draft? Yeah, I think there's still there's still talent in the point guard class. I I don't say that to disparage everybody in, in the class. You know, this isn't um, this this isn't a group that doesn't have or where there's not going to be two, three, four NBA starting caliber point guards. I think those guys are there. I think the main thing is that some of the guys who came in very highly touted is, have disappointed. I mean, Nico Mannion has shown real flaws in terms of his ability to get to the rim and his willingness to try to drive. And, you know, he's almost entirely perimeter oriented mm. at his size. I don't know that that necessarily is going to be able to be a way that he can make success at the NBA level. You know, Cole Anthony, spent basically the first three months of the season where he was healthy um, running into a brick wall every time he got into the paint kind of mm -hmm. same story I think there are a lot of guys there are a lot of point guards from kind of the top level that have disappointed a little bit you can maybe add Lamella Ball to that as well and then you kind of throw that uh, the other tier of kind of like the typical like college veteran guys there are a lot of them this year but a lot of them have significant flaws you know Cassius Winston is is very small Malachi yeah. Flynn another guy who's undersized and uh, may have some difficulties translating to the next level Miles Powell great shooter um, and really good offensive player who's really going to be kneecapped uh, defensively Devon Dotson um, another point guard who kind of fits in the Halliburton mold, but he's six two. So how, how effective is he going to be as, with defense being his primary value? Um, so I think that, you know, that middle ground where it's ha like Halliburton, Kira Lewis of Alabama, um, Maxi Hayes, I think there are going to be guys who are going to come out of this class and, and be really good. I just kind of worry, or I just kind of have seen, you know, some of the options later in the draft and then some of the guys who have been, kind of thought of all year as, as top five potential picks kind of worry me a little bit and how they're going to translate. So that's kind of where I was coming from with that. Uh, that that's interesting, man. And and then in terms of the Knicks, you, how would you rank it? Would it be uh, Hayes, Halliburton, Maxie? How, how would you, what would you say your three top point guard prospects in terms of fitting with the Knicks would be? Yeah, I think that's my order. I, I think Hayes is the, be is the best fit just because he can kind of combine some of the stuff that we talked with Halliburton with legitimate uh, off-the-dribble off shooting talent, um, and he is a very good finisher and probably the most fundamentally sound uh, team defensive prospect among the backcourt players. So I really like him as a fit there. Um, Halliburton would probably be number two just because of his kind of willingness to be um, his willingness to fit into that type of role. I think it would be a very seamless transition. And then Maxi, I think, has the talent to be that, but he definitely strikes me as more of kind of like a long-term project. Mm. I think there's a lot of untapped potential with Maxi, and he's not getting the best usage so far at Kentucky when you consider their roster as a whole and kind of look at the way that he's been performing. But, you know, there are some concerns with him I think primarily is he as good of a shooter as mm. we thought he was coming into the year um so I had my reservations about him so I would slide Halliburton above Maxi in terms of fit for a team like the Knicks um that you know is trying to make next steps forward and building a winning culture and not so much looking for just raw talent in the way that they maybe have in years past you know Halliburton had uh he's he 
had a season cut short with the fractured wrist. Um, do you see that impacting his uh, his workouts? You know, in terms of shooting and everything, could that potentially impact his draft stock if teams aren't able to see him shoot? I don't necessarily believe so because I think that he has made significant strides over the past year as a shooter. Um, last year, he was as a freshman, he was a guy who rarely ever took. Um, anything but wide open three-point attempts off the catch Mm -hmm. and I think that his work over the summer with the under 19 teams at the FIBA World Championships he really started to come into his own as as a pull-up shooter and this year has shown a little bit on a little bit more and and been able to build on that that way so I I think that he's shown enough progression in his three point shot that you can you can buy it a little bit more um and as as far as the injury itself impacting his shooting this isn't an injury that really does impact that in the way that maybe like a thumb injury would um because it doesn't really change the release pattern at all it doesn't really change the spin that they're going to get that the player's going to get on the ball this is something that you know, is gonna is gonna heal reliably and and shouldn't be an issue for him. Um, I think him shooting at workouts is going to be something that teams are definitely going to want to see. But I think that he's shown enough that somebody is going to buy his shot, even if he's not able to display that for teams. And he's probably still kind of firmly locked into going somewhere in the back half of the top ten or. Um, early early in the teens i don't think that he would drop much more than that if he wasn't ready to go for workouts okay okay and, and once again to everybody in the chat we are talking to trevor magnati he's a writer for the step back and also covers the cleveland cavaliers for fans cited uh trevor is is there a consensus number one pick in this draft is it edwards do we need to see more of the ncaa tournament could obi toppin yeah, could his stock, you know, rise all the way up there? Could Killian Hayes' stock rise all the way up there? Uh, what do you think? Who's going to be at the top of the heap when it's all said and done? Man, I, I don't know. This draft reminds me so much of 2013, where even up to the final day, we had no idea who the number one pick was going to be. I think it's a similar situation with this class. Nobody has really asserted themselves as the de facto number one prospect. Um, in the way that we have seen so many times in the in the past few years, um, I think that Edwards has a good shot um, if he is able to kind of round into um, or display that he's more than what he showed at Georgia during workouts. Um, I he's the guy I would bet on, but I think it all is going to depend on who has that number one pick because I could definitely see a team buying into Lamella Ball's talent and being mm-hmm. able to in being able to kind of believe that they're going to be able to maximize what he is, even with all the distractions that inherently are probably going to come with him. Um, I can definitely see a team trying to throw a curveball and maybe taking a guy like Anyaka and Kongwu, number mm-hmm. one, or Killian Hayes, number one, or even Obi Toppin, number one. Um, I think it's all going to depend on who has that number one pick and how that team is feeling. Yeah. The one feeling I've consistently gotten from, uh, you know, mainstream draft coverage and, and also talking to people inside the business is, Everybody evaluates this draft class differently from person to person, from scout to scout, from team to team. And I think that's going to make for a wild next couple months as we try to hash out who's going to end up going number one in this in this class. 
Absolutely, man. Well, Trevor, man, I, I definitely appreciate all the insights. As I said before we went live, I definitely want to have you back on as we go deeper into the tournament and, and some of these guys um, show some more tape. Um, let the people know where they can find you, man. Where, where are the best uh, places to, to find you, some of your work? Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at Illegal Screens. Um, you'll get a lot of um, kind of just general musings about the uh, draft class in general there. I don't do a ton of um, prospect-specific scouting work on my Twitter account, but more just kind of throw stuff out, um, it, talking about the class, class in general. Um, you can find my specific writing at the step back. Um, I'll be doing a Xavier Tillman um, scouting report probably uh, sometime this week and getting that out. Um, and then you can find it. I, you probably don't have much Cavs fan crossover here, but my I, my consensus or my own personal big board gets posted once a month at Fear the Sword, and that's kind of how you can track my individual thoughts on the draft. I have another draft writer at the Step Back, Jackson Frank, um, who we can kind of combine our board at, at the Step Back. So it is not mine alone. Um, what you what you'll see over there, if you want to find my stuff specifically, that's in Fear the Sword. Okay. Well, Trevor, man, thanks again, and, and we'll definitely talk down the road, man. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, take care. That was uh, Trevor Magnati. Trevor, uh, which is on talking a little Tyrese Halliburton, man. What did you guys think of Trevor's comments? Leave a comment in the chat. Leave a comment on this video. He said Halliburton, you know, looks more of a role player. Uh, probably more of an off-ball guard in a two-guard lineup. You know, nothing nothing too crazy, nothing too dynamic. He's not going to be your, 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 your star floor general for you, but somebody that knows their role. You know, obviously the catch-and-shoot threes are certainly his strengths. Trevor said uh, his shot. How will the jumper uh, translate at the NBA level? How will that jump shot translate at the NBA level? Uh, Trevor also mentioned his, his um, off-ball defense. His off-ball defense is pretty solid, but how his pick-and-roll defense improve at the next level as well? So some interesting insights, man. Interesting insights. As I said, the purpose of this series, we're going to bring in people um, who cover these guys a lot more extensively than we can and, and be able to educate us on these prospects. And listen, like you said, you know, uh, you're going to hear a lot of different opinions on these guys. These guys are all being scouted um, differently, but... Listen, that's just one opinion um, from somebody who, who's covered these guys. You let me know your thoughts. You let me know your thoughts. Hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Not going to take any calls tonight because I wanted to keep it a short show. But we will be uh, back tomorrow night. Uh, Knicks versus Cavs. Knicks versus Wizards, sorry. Talking a little bit more draft. And, of course, uh, Knicks versus Wizards post game. Michael Parker, number one fan of the show, says LaMelo is the best point guard in the draft, period. He said, that being said, if the basketball gods drop us to 10, then take Halliburton unless we trade up. All right. Appreciate appreciate the comment, uh, Michael Parker. Definitely appreciate it. Also want to thank Reggie Jones for the super chat. Sends us a $10 super chat. Reggie, I appreciate you. Remember, for some for some of you new guys, this show will be available in audio podcast format. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon, Alexa. If you can't watch it on YouTube, you can't watch it on video, it's always going to be available in audio podcast format shortly after the show goes off the air. So salute to my cab drivers, my Uber drivers, my truck drivers, everybody on the road listening. Uh, appreciate it, man. Appreciate all the support. 
Who should we cover next? Who do you guys want to cover next? We heard about Cole Anthony already. We heard LaMelo Ball. We heard RJ Hampton. Uh, tonight we did Tyrese Halliburton. Who's the next prospect you guys want to hear about? Let us know in the comments. Let us know in the chat. And we'll go get uh, somebody to, to, to cover that player, man. Definitely. Um, before I go, Chick George, appreciate it. Alex Collins, appreciate it, man. Me and Alex linked up and grabbed some lunch, man. Appreciate that. Uh, have a safe trip back to Ireland, bro. Gay University, how you doing? Craig Williams, a lot of OB topping in here. A lot of OB, you guys, a lot of OB fans in here. I think OB stock is going to, I think that thing is going to rise up, man. Especially as Dayton goes through the tournament. I think OB stock is going to rise. I think OB stock is going to rise. I've been watching um, Denny. I've been watching uh, Maccabi uh, Tel Aviv. Starting to watch some of their games. going to be watching some more Killian Hayes as well. As we get into it. Uh, intriguing. It's it, it going to be intriguing, man. See see where we end up. Uh, who else? Emmanuel C says Killian Hayes. We got Kyra Lewis. Anthony Edwards says Chen. A lot of polarizing opinions, man. A lot of polarizing opinions. So... Like I said, we're going to keep talking about it. And as we shift the momentum from the season to the draft, we'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. But in the meantime, hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Number one show for the fans, by the fans, CP from Knicks Fan TV. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Definitely appreciate Trevor for providing those valuable insights. As I said, hit that thumbs up button for your boys. I'm going to show you guys how to do just that. It just goes a long way in helping us promote the channel. And uh, as you see here, this is tonight's show on the phone, right? So you see the chat up here. Hit that X. Once you hit that X, you're going to see the thumbs up. Hit that thumbs up. Also, share these videos. Sharing these videos goes a long way to help us promote the show. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Twitter. Text your friend, whether a Knicks fan, basketball fan. If you enjoyed this show, text a friend. Text a colleague, family member. Let them know about the show as well. The more people you bring in, the more callers we have, the better guests that we have, and the show continues to grow. It's a grassroots movement. So, like I said, I'm going to do my part. You do your part. And uh, definitely appreciate everybody for joining. We'll be back tomorrow night. Knicks versus Wizards post-game around 10, 1030 Eastern time, man. So keep it locked, Knicks Fan TV. Subscribe to the channel and the notification bell. And I'll see you guys tomorrow night. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.